Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and our guest today are Camden Doran and Susan Adams of the Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program. They're going to tell us how this group advocates for the rights of area residents who live in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. They'll also discuss why you may want to consider becoming a volunteer advocate with the program. But first, as we always do, we'd like to learn a little bit about our guests that are with us. Camden, a self-proclaimed army brat, was born in Würzburg, Germany, spent most of her childhood in Germany and England. She went to high school, however, in North Carolina, my home state. Woo, go Tar Heels. And then uh, she came to Virginia to earn her bachelor's in social work at Radford University. She joined Fairfax County as an adult services social worker before moving to the ombudsman program and becoming their volunteer specialist. Susan, Susan, originally from Massachusetts, earned a Ph.D. in human development from Virginia Tech. Now retired from the FBI, this Burke resident works as an associate adjunct professor with the University of Maryland's Global Campus. She's also a volunteer advocate for the ombudsman program. So Camden, Susan, thank you both for being with us today. Thank you. Good conversation that I know is going to be happening and one that I think listeners of the 50 plus podcast will know we've talked about the ombudsman program in the past, but I'm slow and we may have new residents that are listening, new listeners with us. When we say LTC or long-term care ombudsman, let's start with a definition. What does that mean? What are we talking about when we say long-term care ombudsman? A long-term care ombudsman is simply an advocate. Okay. And uh, the purpose of our program is to advocate for individuals receiving long-term care services. Okay. And I think in the introduction, it, it said it pretty pretty well. That was a pretty good definition, right? Yes. The Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program advocates for the rights of residents who live in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. I would say a majority of the population that we advocate for are in facilities. Okay. But in addition, we can also work with individuals receiving other types of long-term mm. care services, whether it be home health, okay. hospice, or folks that go to the adult day health care centers. Okay. Why is, why is that important? Why is this important that we need an, an advocate Sometimes uh, folks receiving long-term care services may not always know their rights regarding those mm. services. They may also have um, some concerns or issues that they don't have anyone to talk to about. They might be a little afraid to talk to someone about them themselves. So they just like to have a little assistance in resolving those concerns. Mm. So it could, it could stretch from anything as just a simple lending, lending ear, listening ear to kind of across the gamut of services or, or whatever? We do a lot of listening. Okay. <laughs> a lot of listening, yes. Uh, we yeah. start with listening. Yes. Uh, and they may say everything's fine, but after about 10 minutes, there's, there's just this one thing. Uh, so the listening often leads to suggestions for uh -huh. improvement. Yeah. There, there's one thing, and then that maybe lead to a second thing. Exactly. And, yeah, and, and maybe mm -hmm. it's just a matter of not knowing that it could be different or it could be better mm -hmm. by, by, by the resident or the person. Absolutely. And I, I think our number one goal is to actually try and empower the individual to advocate for themselves. But sometimes uh, they're just not not comfortable with doing mm -hmm. that. So they either want us to accompany them maybe to talk to someone mm -hmm. or advocate on their behalf. Okay. We keep reminding them that this is their home now. They may be here for several years. So they should be treated with dignity right. and respect. Right. Absolutely. 
Okay. We um, got the definition for me. Thank you. Uh, but let's talk about the organization, Northern Virginia Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program. Kind of take us back a little bit, a little, little history lesson, if you will. Um, how, did, how did this need come about or program come about? So the Ombudsman Program is part of the Older Americans Act, so we're actually a mandated service. We are available in all 50 states. And again, we advocate for individuals receiving the long-term care services. Part of our mandate is to educate the public about our program because, mm. believe it or not, a lot of people do not know we exist. Right, right. Yeah, well, we've been around a long time. Right. <laughs> well, it, it, you're not you're not alone. I think a lot of folks don't know about a lot of great programs. So, but I know it's it's disheartening <laughs> that everybody doesn't know. Susan, I may have cut you off. Are you going to say something? Oh, okay. All right. Um, so. I guess how we, we've learned kind of what it is, why it came about. How how does this all work? Um, where where do I start? Such a daunting process it seems. If you are someone who maybe is just looking for some information um, about long term care, or perhaps a resident or somebody receiving a long term care service, and you have questions or concerns about those services, you can reach out to our program. Mm -hmm. uh, we are located in Fairfax County. However, our office serves four, jur four jurisdictions uh, Alexandria, Arlington, Fairfax, and Loudoun. Okay. They can reach out to us to talk to one of our staff ombudsmen. We have volunteers in the facilities. If they see a volunteer, they can reach out to them as mm -hmm. well. Okay. So four jurisdictions, that sounds like a lot of territory to cover. I mean, just Fairfax County itself, over 400 square miles, Huge. million plus one, million plus two <laughs> residents. Uh, <laughs> Huge. <laughs> how, how do you accomplish all that? We have seven staff ombudsmen. Okay. Uh, we have about 127 facilities in those four jurisdictions. Whoa. So that breaks down to 29 nursing facilities and 98 assisted living facilities. Wow. Uh, and so we have 55 volunteers who are in 67 oh, okay. facilities. Okay. In a perfect world, I'd have a volunteer in every facility. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, we have a small number of staff, so the volunteer program is huge. Okay. Well, I'm sure we'll get to the, the mm -hmm. need for volunteers, maybe what the volunteers do and how that differs from staff. But I, I want to go back to this number. You said 127 facilities in these four jurisdictions, Alexandria, Arlington County, Loudoun County, Fairfax County. Yes. Okay. And I, 100, I was just so blown away by the 127, I didn't catch the, the next number. So 127 f facilities of which? 29 of those facilities are nursing facilities. Okay. And 98 are assisted living. Wow. Is that kind of the normal reaction when people hear that number that I didn't know there was that many? Would you like to know how many licensed beds that comes out to? Okay. 11,394. Wow. That's a lot. And I'm sure they're, well, I'm not sure. I'm assuming that they are full or close to full or... Some facilities are full with wait lists. Some of them are not. Some yeah. of them are almost full. It really does vary from yeah. facility yeah. to facility. We yeah. do try to find that number out when we go out to visit just so we can get an idea of how mm. many might be there on that day. Mm -hmm. what, what do you do when you visit and how often do you visit? Well, it depends if your staff are volunteer. Okay. So if you're Let's talk staff. Okay. Right we'll talk staff. So staff are mandated to visit the facilities at least once a quarter. Mm, wow. And some, but we do, we will go out more often as needed because we get a lot of calls every day 
um, about issues and concerns. So depending on who's going to go out to address that, we could be in a facility more than once every three months. Mm -hmm. Once we get there, we walk around, we speak with residents, we observe. We're always using our five senses. We're looking at... How do they appear? Do they look clean today? Are their clothes soiled? Um, Do we notice any Mm. odors Mm -hmm. throughout the facility? We might observe an activity. Are the residents participating? Are they just sort of sitting there? Uh, We ask them how they're doing. You know, I might ask them, how long have you lived here? And as the conversation's going, like Susan mentioned earlier, at some point they might bring up an issue or concern Mm -hmm. and ask us to take it to someone there on staff to help get resolved. Now, Susan, you're a volunteer. Yes, I am. Are you kind of picking up on the same thing staff are looking out for, or do you think you have a a different kind of perspective maybe as from a volunteer standpoint? The difference is that we're in the facility for four hours a week minimum. Mm. So usually I go twice a week for at least two hours. Mm. And I have a plan, but it doesn't always go (laughs) according to plan. My plan is to greet all the new residents Give them some written material, explain the job, and also to follow up on previous complaints. Mm -hmm. But what always happens is we have new new issues Mm. and new areas to address. Mm -hmm. And is that a matter of just more new residents who don't know, don't understand? Is it a facility issue that they just can't seem to get the problem fixed? I mean, what? why Why do we have so many issues that, are, that keep coming up, or is it a combination of things? It's almost always a communication problem. Oh, okay. For example, Interesting. one woman, I'll call her Mrs. Smith, I was chatting with her, how are you doing? She said, I'm not doing very well because I'm exhausted, I can't sleep. Well, why do you think it is you can't sleep? It's too hot in here. Hmm. Have you talked to the staff about how hot it is? She says, Yes, but it's still so hot. So now there's the complaint, right? Mm-hmm. And now we do an investigation. I talked to the staff, and they, I asked, do you realize Mrs. Smith thinks it's too hot in her room? Mm-hmm. And they all said, oh, yes, yes, yes. We turn her thermostat down. But who's turning it up? So I keep talking. <laughs> and some staff say, well, you know, Mrs. Smith, she's so frail. We go in, it's so cold. We turn it up so she'll be comfortable. Ah, gotcha. But it's complicated because Mrs. Smith happens to be blind, Mm. and she can't see the people going to her thermostat and turning it up. Everyone is trying to help her, but they're really not. It was a simple solution. We took a little little piece of paper and wrote a note and tacked it right above her thermostat. Mrs. Smith likes her room very cold. For her comfort, Please keep the thermostat at 68 degrees year-round. Interesting. After that, she slept very well. We just Problem wore sweaters solved. when yeah. we went to visit her. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, an excellent, that's an excellent example. Mm-hmm. One little simple thing. It doesn't have to be complicated, does no. it? But it was really bothering her. Yeah, bothering absolutely. Her well, I, I can't sleep when it's hot either. I, <laughs> Same. I can appreciate that. Yeah, and not and to be blind and not to be able to actually just notice somebody tweaking it and say, hey, please don't do that. I, I like it cold. Right. She wasn't able to do that. So, yeah. And I think that's a good example because some people might hear that and think, wow, that's such a small thing. Mm-hmm. But it really 
isn't to them. This is their home. Yeah. And they have the right to be comfortable. Absolutely. It does make a big difference at the end of the well, day. Well, and if she wasn't sleeping well just because of that issue, what would that lead to? Not getting enough sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It would just snowball. So, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so you're walking around, you're observing, you're noticing things. Do you only react to things that residents tell you, or are there things that either one of you see from a volunteer or staff perspective that you say, this might not be right, or maybe we can do better? Or... Absolutely. For example, I was walking in the memory care unit, and they had just redone the kitchen and dining area. Beautiful, hanging lamps with just beautiful glass. But one of the residents, very tall, was batting the lamp. <laughs> and as I watched him, I realized that if this swinging lamp hits another lamp, they're both uh, going to shatter, and all the shards of glass will go on the plated meals below. Ooh. So that was something that I observed, immediately went to the administrator. They had maintenance raise those lamps before the next meal. Nice. They like us to come to them because we come with a little problems right. before they become right. large. Sure. And I'd like to bring up that we don't just work on the individual concerns and issues. That She brought up a good example of something that might have affected many residents. Mm -hmm. Often, sometimes when we make our visits, we might hear about the same issue or concern from several residents. Mm -hmm. So then we can sort of address that as a multiple resident mm -hmm. concern to the facility. Well, and I would assume the facility, not that they're going to not, not take every complaint or issue as serious, but if you're hearing it from multiple, multiple people, that's like, well, okay, there, there's something going on here, right. something we need to take right. a look at. I also think this is a good time to let folks know that we don't just take issues to the facility without the resident's permission. We are a resident-directed mm. program. Okay. They are our boss. Okay. So we cannot advocate on their behalf or bring up any issue or concern that they bring to us without their permission. Okay. So they may express some concern. You guys talk about it, and then you say, okay, well, let me go and see what I can do. And they say, oh, no, no, I really don't want to be a bother or cause a problem, I don't want you to do that, then your hands are tied at that point. No, uh, because then we start the investigation. So if one person said, I don't want you to use my name, we'll go to other residents. And mm. in a general conversation, maybe it's something about the service in the dining room. And someone else will say, we, we're not getting good service. Mm. And then a third person now, I don't need to use any names. Gotcha. I can just say residents, plural, mm -hmm. have asked mm -hmm. that the service be different. Okay. All right. Susan, how did you get to want to go to, you say you visit a facility twice a week? Mm -hmm. how, how, did, how did you get there? How did you get to this point of becoming this volunteer and doing this? My mother was in skilled nursing. And I was in Virginia. She was in Massachusetts when I'd visit her, which wasn't often enough, I could see she didn't have an advocate. And mm -hmm. I didn't know there was such a thing as ombudsman. So one day I was walking in the library and I saw a notice for volunteer ombudsman. But you have to have an interview and background and references and attend training and in-service. And I looked at that and thought, this looks like a professional program. Mm -hmm. This might be something I'd like to volunteer for. So I had an interview, and I realized it was very professional. There's a lot of training every year. And um, 
that's how I got involved. Mm. And the very first time that I was in training, we went around the room, and everyone said how long they had been a volunteer ombudsman. I was brand new. You know, I said right. one month. Right. But a number of people said over 15 years. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, as you were telling that, that intro story about, you know, the background check and the interview and all this, I was like, the first thing that popped in my mind was like, wow, that's going to keep a lot of people from applying. But you probably want that because I'm thinking you want those dedicated volunteers who really have a, a passion for, for doing this line of volunteer Absolutely. work. Absolutely. It's definitely a different type of volunteer experience. Yeah. Uh, we do. We ask that they come in for an interview, require background check, required reference checks. We offer two three-day trainings every year in March and September. And once they finish the training, we try to find a facility that might be either close to their home or close to their job. I hmm. do have a handful of volunteers that still work full time. Right, okay. And uh, it is, it's a big ask, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of the volunteers that come to us have a big heart. They have maybe some experience, maybe a loved one that lived in mm -hmm. a facility or maybe even a background in that. Not everyone does, but they're looking for that fulfillment that this mm -hmm. volunteer experience can bring. And the requirement is four hours a week? We ask that they stay with us for at least one year okay. after we, they complete training, and we do ask for a minimum of four hours a week in their assigned okay. facility. So that's four hours at one facility? Yes. Okay. And there's one other piece. We never feel like we're alone. So anytime we want to, we call the office. We always mm -hmm. have a group in Fairfax, yeah. the professional staff. That are always there for us. Okay, kind of We're a support support team. group for the volunteers. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, We're there I'm, for them as much as they need us. Yeah, and I'm sure the volunteers support the staff too. <laughs> absolutely, we we support each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Now, uh, can someone do more? Obviously, more than for that, more than four hours a week. Or I doubt oh. if anyone does only four hours. Oh no, no. Most people do more than four hours. I even have mm -hmm. a handful of volunteers that go to more than one facility. Oh, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, can it's really more? up to them. Yeah. You know, I, I let them decide what they think they can do. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to give everyone more than one facility, but right. for some folks, that's all they're comfortable with. Sure. That's okay. Sure. Yeah. Susan, is it um, – do you get do – you, do you look forward to the visits? Oh, absolutely. Are there certain residents that you look forward to seeing all the time? Do you, do you develop those friendships too? It, that is a difficult part. We have to keep reminding ourselves we're not just visiting mm. the people that we enjoy. We really are trying to be an advocate for everyone, and everyone is unique, and yeah. we end up enjoying talking to everyone. Gotcha. Okay. Speaking of volunteers, I think a great time to talk about, um, and here again, I'm assuming, but I think I'm right on this, that you need volunteers. Always. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Most most volunteers <laughs> groups all are caps, all always. always need volunteers. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about what's required of a volunteer. Somebody's listening to this and they go, you know, I, I think I can do that. I, I think that would be interesting for me to do. Maybe I have some experience, some family history or whatever. What's their next step? How do they volunteer? Reach out to our program. Okay. Uh, you can call our intake line, 703-324-5861. Leave a message, say you're interested in the volunteer program. I will get that message. I will follow up with you as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, the next step would be to come to one of our trainings. Our next training is in September, September 16th, 18th, and the 26th. Now, those are – you have to attend just one? Or? You have to come to all three. Okay, all it's three. It's required okay. all three. I also throw in a save the date, which would be September 27th, in case we're closed – uh, the county is closed for any sort of reason. Okay. 
So September 16, 18, and 26? Yes. And okay. the reason there's such a gap between day two and day three is that we do ask our new volunteers to accompany current volunteers on a tour to both an assisted and a nursing facility oh, okay. because it's nice to see the difference in level of care. And we talk about that on the third day. We talk about those visits and what they saw and what were their perceptions, what were their thoughts mm. about the visits. Okay. I'm, I'm, maybe if we have time, I want to get back to that. Anything else volunteers need to, to know or do to, to get ready to volunteer? Just give me a call. Right. Okay. <laughs> so again, 703-324-5861? Yes, that's our intake on. line. Okay. Uh, just a little note about that intake line. We do have an ombudsman in the office every day, Monday through Friday, from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Hmm. That is listening to the messages left on our intake line. They will call you back the same day. Okay. Okay. And I think there's also a website uh, yes. folks can get more information that, if they want to get look before they call. <laughs> absolutely. And we have a lot of information on our website. We, we're really proud of our website. It's www.fairfaxcounty.gov slash LTC Ombudsman. Okay. Which stands for Long-Term Care Ombudsman. Yeah. Okay. Fairfaxcounty.gov slash LTC Ombudsman, and that's L-T-C-O-M-B-U-D-S-M-A-M, Ombudsman. Um, last couple of minutes. Um, you mentioned kind of the difference in facility yes. in, in just a minute, a minute ago. Could you kind of hit on that a little bit? Sure. So you have two types of facilities. You have assisted living and you have nursing. Really, the main difference is level of care. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks that are in a nursing facility might just need a little more hands-on care than someone that's an assisted. Gotcha. There's a certain amount of independence with an assisted living residence that maybe you don't see with a nursing mm-hmm. facility residence. Okay. Okay. Um, final minute or two, I'm going to turn it over to you, both of you. Final thoughts, anything you want our listeners to know about the long-term care ombudsman program uh, that they can take away from this and maybe even want to become involved. So Susan, we'll start with you. I mean, uh, Camden, we'll start with you, and Susan will let you let you wrap it up. So, Well, I just want to thank you for doing this podcast because, again, a lot of people out there don't know that our program exists. Right. So just getting the word out in general about our program I think is a great thing for those that might be listening that have loved ones in a facility or receiving long-term care services. If they have issues or concerns or just some general questions, I would just really encourage them to reach out to us. Mm. Um, in regards to volunteers, I'm always looking for new volunteers. Again, if they're interested, if this sounds like something that would be good fit, just ask them to reach out. And Susan, before I get your final comment, that's an interesting point you made, and I want to make sure I understood it correctly. If there is a facility and folks have a loved one there and perhaps they don't know or they haven't seen the ombudsman, they don't know that this program is is actually available, can they call your office, your telephone number, and find out who the ombudsman is, try to make a, a, a time to be there when the ombudsman is there to kind of Absolutely. And if we don't have a volunteer in that particular facility, Mm -hmm. if they want to talk to one of our staff ombudsmen on the phone about what might be happening um, with their loved one or just any sort of general question, I would just say, please call our intake line anytime. Right. Okay. Susan, bring it home for us. All right. (laughs) Well, as a volunteer ombudsman, it's very rewarding to be a voice for someone whose voice is not heard. Couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. (laughs) 
Awesome. Camden, Doran, Susan, Adams, thanks for being with us. Uh, they're from Northern Virginia's Long-Term Care Ombudsman. Again, you can uh, ombudsman program again. More information online, fairfaxcounty.gov slash ombudsman or call 703-324-5861. Uh, again, if you want to find other county older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities, you can call 703-324-7948 or online fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. When you're on that older adults webpage, you can also subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper and also link from there over to the Fairfax 50 plus Facebook page. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Fairfax 50 plus podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County Virginia government.